Hello. So today I have the privilege of having Mr. Nilesh Shah, the most revered person probably in the Indian stock market, whom I in one of my recent videos called as the Jamvan, full of knowledge. Everyone likes him. He's also on the Prime Minister's Economic Advisory Council. So here we have the Managing Director of Kotak Mahindra AMC, Mr. Nilesh Shah, a chartered accountant and cost accountant of his head is. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Anurag. It's my pleasure to be part of this show. Thank you, sir. So I'll straight away head into the questions. Uh, so, sir, my first question is that despite all that you've achieved in life, so much, how is it that you maintain such a calm exterior, such careful choice of words? It's almost like magical. I've spent hours watching your videos. I follow you on Twitter and I get mesmerized. I mean, because normally the thing is that people who get so successful, so famous, they tend to cut off from the vast majority. So how is it that you maintain this kind of a thing? Sir? So one, it is experience. Every time I try to become arrogant, I fail miserably. Uh, just from a professional career point of view, I was a gold medalist, chartered accountant, went for my first day at ICICI with that attitude that I'm the number one chartered accountant of the country. I recognized all colleagues were infinitely more knowledgeable than me and they were far more humble than me. Straight away on day one eco crash, uh, when I came into markets managing money, uh, my performance was fantastic, but uh, you know there were other people who were generating equally good performance and they were far more humble. Again, you crashed to the ground. So every time I have tried to be arrogant, I have failed miserably. And then I recognize that why become arrogant and fail miserably? Might as well remain humble. At least you will avoid failure. Oh, fantastically well said, sir. So if you go back to your chronicles in terms of your personal life, so you lost your father at a very young age. And how did this impact you as an individual? Please share like, you know, those uh, memorable aspects of growing up. Uh, did you suddenly have to become very, very mature because you suddenly lost that shelter? So how was that entire journey of growing up? So obviously, you know, when you lose uh, someone at an early age, it does create emotional imbalance. It does create financial insecurity. Fortunately for me, my mother was very strong and she ensured that uh, we continued to study and uh, she took care of our household. I stayed in a tall system in Mumbai. There was a beautiful Sai Paranjpe movie called Katha, which depicted Mumbai's tall system. So there was a lot of positivity during that difficult journey. Uh, everyone in the chawl was happy to help. We were celebrating all festivals even though we didn't have money. Uh, everyone was helping each other. Whenever there was a problem in someone's household, the entire chawl, more than 200 families were together to tackle it. And at every level, I received enormous support from people who were just happy to help. And uh, 
somewhere that made me believe in god that uh, if you do good things good things will happen to you uh, i was tremendously lucky that so many people came to help me at every stage of my life and it is because of their help their blessing their love i have reached here and uh, if i can do something good for the society i'll be only repaying the debt which i have incurred in my early career i won't be building new things i'm just repaying my old debt god it's so nice i mean people helping at that point of time my next question is that sir you are from gujarati medium schooling and from there to graduate to become one of the most prolific speakers on the indian stock market you've been a tedx speaker as well so normally a lot of youngsters who do have like vernacular the regional language as their mother tongue and the primary language find this transition very difficult so how did you manage this entire journey from gujarati medium to english being so fluent so i will give lot of credit to my friends uh, we were all from gujarati medium moved into english medium and i was in one of mumbai's most elite college sidnam uh, clearly there was a differentiation between vernacular medium students gujarati marathi hindi and people coming from english medium background uh, somewhere all of us came together all vernacular medium students and said that it doesn't matter whether we can speak fluent english or not but we can still score better than those english medium educated students we can still do well in exam and fortunately uh, our professors our uh, fraternity supported each other and it was no wonder that in most of the toppers of the college in my uh, college days were from vernacular medium more importantly this was a period where i recognized english is an acceptable thing uh you know you were allowed to express yourself in english in social communication so that also gave confidence that people are not judging based on how you speak people are judging you based on what you are putting in front of them uh, fast forward into icici uh, in those days again my english was not that good my english grammar is still bad and uh, you know at no point of time my seniors penalized me because i was not good speaker i was not good writer they encouraged me to keep on improving i still remember one of my boss made me rewrite a letter 18 times and finally i got frustrated saying that sir you know i am a vernacular medium student please uh, help me and he said no nilesh how long will you carry the baggage of vernacular medium student get out of that baggage and start practicing what is supposed to be a good letter writing and i'll keep on guiding you till such time you write a perfect letter now that kind of encouragement pushed me to you know read write keep on rectifying my error and over a period of time i didn't realize when i become prolific speaker as well as writer in english uh, more importantly one more thing actually has benefited me these are this probably uh my other peers uh i was a very good uh, reader uh, all throughout my life 
there were public libraries in Kalba Devi Road where I will go and read for you know entire day. Now it exposed me to Hindi literature, Marathi literature, Gujarati literature. Albeit I was not that good in English literature, but I have read a couple of things there also. Now when you read, you are able to collect so many thoughts. And when you put that thoughts in front of an audience, people actually doesn't recognize whether you are a good English speaker or not. They are actually interested in what kind of points you are making in front of them. So I think it's a mindset issue. If you do in English, it's fine. If you speak in uh, your mother tongue, it's fine. As long as you are putting relevant points in front of an audience, they'll be happy with it. Yeah, and Prime Minister Modi is a classic example of the fact that he's always using his mother tongue and uh, going across the world and getting attention. So I'm saying this because, you know, this becomes quite a problem. People come to campus interviews, group discussions, personal interviews, and it is like, oh, you don't know English, you're out. So that becomes a lot of challenge for young chartered accountants probably or cost accountants. So my next question is like, what really triggered the CA and the CMA decision way back in the 80s? So were you the first of your kind in the family? Did you have precedents? And uh, that's my first question. And then your journey to being a gold medalist in CA. And in one of our previous interactions where I had met you in Calcutta and taken a written interview for my CA story, you had stated that you had studied extensively at a library. So what was your mantra then? to become a gold medalist. So my two questions there, sir. So one, I decided to become CA because that was the most cost-effective course available. I could have earned stipend or salary and yet get a professional degree. If I would have wanted to become MBA, that was not possible. And for me, uh, earning money was as critical. Fortunately, I had a chartered accountancy firm which paid me much more than my stipend of course i had to work for it but it allowed me to earn money as well as get a professional degree i have seen many of my friends and uh, acquaintances who went towards making money because of family circumstances and compromised on professional degree now this is a very very bad decision even if you have to eat one time a day because you are not earning enough, do it, but earn a professional degree because that will allow you to excel in your career. And I'm not saying that having professional degrees must for excelling in career. There are many businessmen, there are many employees who are not CA, MBA, and yet doing well in life. But I'm talking about average. So it is important to get a professional degree which will give you a head start in life gold medal in chartered accountancy answer is no i didn't have the luxury of a lot of time to study so i used to go to a library for study where all the students will come together uh, there's a library called petit library in mumbai i believe even today many cas passes from there and when you are studying seriously for two months with uh, all the friends together and constantly you are you know focusing on study it does create an edge for yourself it does excel you you are able to solve your doubts you are able to understand others viewpoint 
those corridor conversation, those tea time conversation somewhere get stuck into your mind and it can incredibly help in the exam. Uh, gold medal, you know, is a probably luck. Out of 50 chartered, chartered accountants, I was lucky to be number one. But the effort put in by the 50th ranker and the effort put in by the first ranker is virtually the same. Or maybe 50th guy put far more effort, but he was not lucky. So I have never ever allowed this gold medalist chartered accountant to come to my mind except for my first day at ICICI. I think every CA who passes exam has put in equal effort. It's just that on that particular day, I was lucky. Sir, you stated uh, in our earlier conversation that as a fresher, a CA fresher, you were interviewed by Larson and Tubro and that was the default uh, choice at that point of time. And in the interview, you were told that, hey, young man, uh, why don't you try your hand at equities? It is early 90s. This is going to boom. So, sir, please tell us about that because that really, really enticed me a lot that how did an interviewer tell you that, okay, you don't join us, you try this new thing. And then how did you get into mutual fund as an industry? Because that time it would have been a very nascent stage in India, early 90s. So, as I mentioned earlier, I have received incredible help from strangers. And uh, being a gold medalist, chartered accountant, we got invited from Larson and Tobro. I went for an interview, cleared it, uh, had to do a medical checkup, cleared it. We were given a visit to Sprawling Complex in Pawai. And finally, at the end of the day, I was to meet this particular gentleman. Uh, he had a very big cabin, very elderly gentleman. And he told me, Nilesh, look, if you are going to join LMT, you are most welcome. But your life here will become too comfortable. There will be bus which will pick you up, bring you over here. There will be canteen where you will eat. And then there will be bus which will drop you back. At this age, go for challenges. Go for financial services sector, which is opening up where there will be lots of opportunities. I collected the appointment letter and said, I will think about it, your advice. And I'm glad I followed that gentleman's advice. Uh, by stroke of luck, I got... Uh, Someone I got to know someone who was working in ICICI, went to meet him and uh, he put me in touch with ICICI HR department, they interviewed me and they offered me merchant banking division. It was one of the most coveted division within ICICI and I was lucky to get break over there. Uh, again, in that interview, was I fluent in English? Answer is no. But my CA background came handy as I was able to reply many questions related to law and taxation. This became my strong points. And in that organization, many people came to me for their questions related to law and taxation. They were far better in structuring. They were far better in uh, presentation. I was very good in law and taxation. Finally, I recognized that in order to excel over here, I need to understand market. This was the time post Harshit Natta when things were completely in chaos. And in that chaos, I went out to meet brokers. Fortunately, they were all Gujaratis, Marwaris. I could connect with them in my mother tongue. I could build rapport with them. And I was able to get market knowledge, which was helping me pricing the issues. And slowly, slowly, I built on my strength rather than trying to compete. 
on my weakness and that allowed me to grow in my career everyone is blessed with different abilities and it is important to build on your strength and work on your weaknesses rather than compete on your weaknesses with the outside world so uh, sir uh, you told that in your family there was no one in service only so you were the first one to join employment uh, so you never thought that because and you know typically gujaratis are very entrepreneurial in nature they will prefer under all circumstances their own business so how did you get into job and then we will take the journey of franklin icici access quota so sir why job so one as i mentioned my financial background was such in the initial days where security was more important second over a period of time my career started in organizations which encouraged professional entrepreneurship from day one i was entrepreneur in my job i was taking initiatives which were not expected out of me for example in icici i was working in merchant banking division it wasn't expected that i should become expert in market but i leveraged my strengths of being gujarati and connected with gujarati marwari community to understand about the market to understand about distribution to understand about how markets are working that strength allowed me to move into mutual funds investment management i was supposed to do investment management i focused on sales and marketing because in those days we were managing very small sum of money and there was not enough days work in managing money uh, we went to meet clients build relationship and doing sales marketing and other work made us wholesome fund managers if we remain focused only on investments we would not have created brand for ourselves so over a period of time i ended up becoming professional entrepreneur and it is you know graciousness of my organizations like icici securities templeton icici prudential mutual fund access bank where they allowed my professional entre- entrepreneurship to grow they allowed me to go outside of my job profile and add value to myself as well as to my organization so everywhere if you are going to do what is expected out of you it's going to give you one level of satisfaction and one level of growth moment you step out of your comfort zone and start doing other things and it adds value to you as well as to your organization your growth rate becomes better and better oh wow that is a very fantastic thought uh, going beyond your job description and your defined kras to add more value then you start getting noticed in organizations sir amit like frankly in icici access quota it's been now like three decades in this financial services industry so what have been very interesting moments like good bosses bad bosses like one you told about the letter writing experience that you have heaven sent opportunities to learn that you would like to share which really helped you accelerate the learning uh, curve so again i'm really lucky to have incredible bosses all throughout they all have nurtured me they have made me aware of my shortcomings they have helped me overcome my shortcomings i was never a perfect employee but i was always lucky to get perfect bosses uh it's a great 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 uh, luck or uh, advantage when you get such a good bosses till today i am in touch with all my bosses and i seek their guidance whenever i am in doubt and uh, 
they all have helped me throughout my journey. I remember uh, I was going in lift with my boss in ICICI and they were uh, thinking about sending someone to Singapore to learn foreign exchange market. And uh, we were going down from fifth floor to ground floor. Moment we reached ground floor, I overheard them talking about it and I said, ma'am, I am interested in going. I had never been out of India. I had never learned what was FX. I was doing very well in my merchant banking division. But I said, if I'm going to learn something new in Singapore, why not? They sent me over there. Obviously, that was like within one year of my joining ISEC. Uh, I was going for the first time abroad. I had never traveled abroad. I had never seen Singapore. I was amazed at those large trading desks and deep markets. And I was keenly observing what others were doing. One day, the regional boss of that organization came to me and said, what are you doing? And I said, like, I'm trying to learn what's happening. I'm support I'm, I was supporting someone who was doing market making in Singhdali. And I said, if you can give me some limit, I will outperform my boss. And he said, are you sure? I said, yes, I will be able to do it. You give me an opportunity. And he carved out the limit from his risk limit to me so that I can trade in Singhdali. Now, what I had observed was that the desk at which I was working were hitting either bid or offer. They were not doing market making. I worked with the Singapore dollar brokers and started doing market making. So my position was one or $2 million, but I was constantly doing market making and earning small, small spread. I ended up increasing volume of the organization multiple times, but at the end of the day, I was always ending with positive PNL because I was just doing market making. My position was zero at the end of the day. But the jobbing which I did was able to create money for me. Uh, obviously, it created pressure on the back office because suddenly they had to manage lots of deal tickets. But that's what this person observed. And uh, he really appreciated and thanked, saying that, okay, you are taking initiative, keep on doing this. Uh, there are many such memories where you have to create an opportunity for yourself. You have to think out of box. You have to think, how do I outperform my competitors? Uh, there is a shortcut and then there is a right way of doing things. If you take shortcuts, eventually it will come to haunt you. If you take the right steps, if you take right path, eventually it will benefit you. Shortcut is always easy, but it is always dangerous. The right path is always difficult, but you know it's always profitable. So think out of box. Think how you can benefit with your strengths in the current environment and maximize return while minimizing risk. This simple rule will always work for you. Fair enough, sir. So a fund manager's job, sir, as one would uh, look at, is quite glamorous. And sir, like as an MD of Kotak AMC, you have like 1,64,000 crores across equity and debt as of 31st May 2020. So, uh, of course, I do understand that you have a very team of very bright fund managers like uh, Mr. Pankaj Tebrewal, whom we had interviewed a few weeks ago. But I also said that overall, in, so you are responsible for Alpha, how Kotak AMC stacks up amongst that entire competitive canvas, AUM, Alpha, 
how do you beat the sensex so does that also create stress at times or does this job become very demanding how do you manage stakeholder expectations because uh, as i asked uh, mr pankaj also in the interview there would be someone who is doing like a 5000 rupees sip with a view of his daughter's marriage his children's education so it's not always like the hni it's like a guy who has 1000 rupees sip who is doing so that in itself would be quite a task sir so your thoughts on that so one you have to disengage yourself from material goals at kotak mutual fund i'm not chasing even i'm not chasing alpha i'm not chasing profitability in fact in all our offices across most locations you will find something called a wish tree when a distributor or a client comes we ask them to write what do you expect out of us of course there are few guys who have said that we wish you be to be the largest mutual fund in the country but many people have written i am investing my surplus to get a retired life i am investing with the view to get my daughter married i am investing with the view to get my son educated and so on and so these are the wishes for which we are working and to achieve that we will do everything possible there are many simple suggestions that i am giving your giving you my money because i trust you now when your objective goes from profitability aum and performance to maintaining trust uh, all the noises are out all the clutter is out every step which i take in my organization in every step which my colleagues take in my organization we just have to follow one thing is it going to increase trust of my investors in my business is it going to increase my investors confidence in my brand if it's going to increase trust let's do it if it's going to destroy trust let's not do it now we have a vast set of investors many are hnis they are more knowledgeable than us many are smart people equally knowledgeable to us but there are many people who have invested their life savings because they believe they can trust us and every step we take at kotak is only towards this one particular goal of enhancing investors trust and confidence now it means i have to manage money on a longer term basis so be it if it means i have to generate alpha so be it if it means i have to let go some aum so be it if it means i have to run my business fairly in compliance with all rules and regulations and letter and spirit and it does put a pressure on me because others are not doing similar level of compliance so be it i am here for the long term as long as i am increasing my investors trust and confidence no power in the world can hold me down for a longer period of time sir so, um, which segment uh, do you enjoy more fixed income or equity and within fixed income and equity were there like bets which went very very good or very very bad and when such things happen what do you tell yourself and if you could share some very compelling example here so when you have to manage money you have to manage money whether it's debt equity doesn't matter principles of managing money remains the same in fact to a great extent i believe i am in an advantageous position these are the someone who's just specialized in debt or equity because i am able to cross pollinate ideas from one side to another uh looking at the share price movement of a stock i can try to estimate what will be impact on its credit profile looking at the credit profile of a company i can 
cross-pollinate that idea into its equity performance. So giving this wholesome understanding of debt and equity market has really helped me. I have seen many, many failures in debt and equity market. When I started managing IPOs, uh, most of the IPOs which I have managed in 91, 92, 93 period, all of them have lost money for investors. Not even one company is trading below the issue price at which I have done the issue. Now, where did we go wrong? Well, we went wrong in pricing the issues, in picking up the right businesses, because post-CCI, there was a huge greed in pricing and we couldn't price the companies properly. In 97, when I joined Franklin Templeton, uh, my first set of investments resulted into default. Uh, this was a very harrowing experience where companies in which we invested with the hope that they will go up on rating curve actually went down on rating curve. And that was again a learning. When I started managing equity, there was TMT bubble and uh, we didn't come out as good as you know some of other fund managers. It was an opportunity to differentiate yourself vis-a-vis others, but you ended up becoming part of the crowd rather than standing aside. So at every level, there was an experience. 2008 was another humbling experience where we lost uh, 60, uh, between 50 to 60% of NAVs as market corrected from 21,000 to 8,000. Now, at all this point of time, we kept on learning and you ensure that those mistakes are not repeated in the future. Uh, every learning is an op every uh, failure is a learning opportunity. You can't avoid making mistakes, but ensure that you don't repeat the same. All right. And sir, highs, you would have some multi-baggers also at those times. You would have really got a big name for yourself in that organization. I think. Over a period of time, the highs is when someone comes and compliments you. We were standing outside a five-star hotel where an elderly couple you know, just was passing by. And suddenly they turned, me and my wife were standing and he put a hand on my head and said, Gita, bless you. It's because of you that we are going and visiting this hotel. Now, that compliment, that blessing is far more valuable than whether you got a 10-pegger or 100-pegger. Uh, I still remember vividly that there was a doctor uh, where I had to visit with my wife. And uh, I was waiting outside for two, three hours. I was getting impatient. I had a lot of work pending. Uh, so when we went in, when our turn came after two, three hours from scheduled appointment, he took us in spent time without worrying about how many people were outside, went into complete details. And, you know, moment you saw him, you realized that you have reached in safe ends and now you are safe. Uh, he uh, went through uh, complete examination in complete peace. Uh, finally, he gave his conclusion that, no, everything is fine, don't worry. And his words were sufficient. When I came out, uh, his uh, secretary asked, uh, did you get the chit? And I said, no. Uh, then I asked him how much money I have to pay. He said, wait. So she called up inside and said, no, you don't have to pay any money. And I said, but why? He said, no, doctor, I said not to charge you. So I said, can I go and speak to him? 
So I went inside and said, sir, you're not charging me anything. I don't even know you and you have given such a good assurance. If you don't charge me, how will I come back again if there is a need? And then he said, no, you can come anytime you want. And you have made enough money for me, so I'm not going to charge you. Now, this is coming from a person whom I was meeting for the first time. If you would have asked any money, I would have paid because it was related to medical side. And yet, he, you know, genuinely blessed me. These are all the, uh, you know, rewards of my career. These are all highs of my career. That I get blessings from such set of people because I have added value to them. This is what gives you kick. This is what you yearn. This is the respect that you gather. A five beggar, ten beggar, hundred beggar. Was just just Why bother about that? Our job is to add value to our clientele. So in your TEDx talk, and I keep watching that again and again because you know it uh, talks a lot about some very pertinent principles. One is that we as Indians have to be very proud of ourselves. And we don't, uh, we've lost that pride. We compare ourselves to Americans and Europeans. And our Indian raw mentality and where we as a nation have some percentage, which is Australia, some percentage of the population, which is Philippines and a vast majority, which is sub-Saharan. So what's your vision for our country, its youth? And you made a very fair comparison with China that at one point of time, we were on the same pedestal. They just moved far ahead of us. So now that you're part of the PM Economic Advisory Council as well. So how does this entire thoughts translate into something which is uh, more concrete in terms of action? So essentially, the journey of a country can't happen overnight. It happens over a period of time. Uh, from time immemorial till probably 18th century, India was center of the world, contributing on an average one-fourth of global GDP. We were the only country where diamond was produced. We were the only country where one after another attacks used to happen because we were so rich. Somewhere post-18th century when Englishmen came, they destroyed our education, they destroyed our culture. They made us feel as if we are inferior quality. And that has actually resulted into degradation of our culture. If I put it in a very lighter way, just look at our cricket team. You know, we had fantastic cricketers right from when we started playing first test before World War II, all the way till 70s and 80s, exceptionally good batsmen, exceptionally good spinners, some of very good fast bowlers. And yet, we were never a consistent uh, winning team. We used to win occasionally, but uh, we were never a consistent winner. Even though Kapil Dev did win the World Cup and made India's name proud, uh, the consistency was still missing. And then see what happened now. We are consistently there in top one, two, three team. Every team is afraid of India. They consider us as a worthy competitor. How did that transition happen? I think a lot of that transition can be reflected into Saurav Ganguly taking his uh, T-shirt 
out on Lord's balcony. If I believe the gossips, Andrew Flintoff probably, you know, in one kid stadium, uh, was moving in certain manner which was not liked by Indian cricketers. And they gave it back. There was no Gulami of Gora in this set of cricketers. They took the world on a level playing field. We were equal to English cricketers, Australian cricketers, West Indies cricketers. That self-confidence allowed them to conquer you know, the cricketing championships. Of course, they are talented, they are disciplined, they are working hard, they are adopting modern technology, they are learning, they are reinventing. But most importantly, they have no self-doubt about superiority of anyone else compared to them. They think we are equal to everyone else. And that mindset is allowing Indians to outperform other teams consistently. What happened in cricket, we need in our economy. We need to be proud of our culture, proud of our heritage. We have to give respect to all the cultures, but at the same time, give respect to our own culture. We are not inferior to anyone. Others are not superior to us. Once that realization comes, we will be able to compete with level playing mindset. Of course, we have to work hard. We have to be disciplined. We have to be innovative. We have to do many other things. But most important is that once you are proud of your nation, your culture, your character, it does create a great country's foundation. Sir, you kind of have pretty much achieved it all in terms of money, recognition, uh, so ESOPs and so forth. So now what keeps you going uh, in your uh, life as a career? What's your long-term goal in terms of the Maslow's hierarchy as we one would typically call it? So you've kind of achieved it. Recognition is there. People know you. So self-actualization on that front, is there something which is still left? So what do you vision for yourself in 2030? So again, it's a very satisfying journey in terms of money recognition. But is it satisfying in terms of positively impacting life? Today's mutual fund industry, we have about nine crore folios or two and a quarter crore unique investors. Whereas we should have reached 25 crore people. So when we look at past, we have done lots of things. When we look at potential, we are barely scratching the surface. Now the Intention, motivation is to ensure that benefits of mutual fund reaches out to every man, to every household, to every Indian. Uh, in some sense, I call it freedom struggle too. Uh, you know, my grandfather's generation, they all took proud in saying that first Gandhi ji ne bola tha to hum log ne bhi laki khai thi. We also contributed our way to India's freedom struggle. That itself gave them so much of pride and so much of pride to us. Now, India is already independent. What are we trying to achieve? Well, we are trying to keep India financially independent. Today, FPI's ownership of Indian equity is roughly about 21-22%. They own uh, more than what retail investors own in India. Many of our large companies today are technically Indian company, but when they do well, the benefits of that are more visible in Singapore, Tokyo, London, New York, rather than in Jaipur, Ahmedabad, Rajkot, and so on and so forth. 
uh, it is our job to spread awareness about equities, awareness about financial planning, awareness about regular investment, asset allocation, long-term investment, and ensure that one, we make Indians wealthy, and second, we retain Indian companies' ownership with India. Uh, you know, in Ramayan, there's the story about Ram Bhagwan building Setu to Lanka, and monkeys were carrying large stones, boulders, and putting into the sea. There were squirrels who were also carrying small, small stones and putting into the sea. Into the sea. One of the monkey scolded squirrel that, "Boss, please don't come in my way. You will end up getting crushed." And the squirrel said, "Look, I also want to contribute in building the city." And apparently, Ram Bhagwan was so pleased, and he put his finger on squirrel, and that's why those stripes are there on the body of squirrel. We are the squirrels of modern Ramayana. When country is progressing in building bridge to the future, we have to contribute to the extent possible. I can't carry the big boulders on my shoulder, but my ability to to carry a small stone, I will keep on filling the gaps, and I hope. At some point of time, when the bridge is built, our contribution also will be recognized. Right, sir. Uh, what do you do, sir? Because you have such a hectic life, what do you do to unwind? Uh, so your family, you got two daughters. Uh, so is it like Gujarati literature, which I gathered from my reading online? And you had to give up music, uh, listening to music because of a hectic work hours. Recently, you had also tweeted about Shambhavi Mahamudra of Sadhguru, which really helped you manage stress. So, what is your prescription for that? So, one, yes, I'm very busy, but is it creating pressure on me? Answer is no. I enjoy what I'm doing, and I have never thought this as my work. I have taken this as my ibadat, my puja. Second, uh, clearly. As you age, your body and mind needs to be taken care of. And spirituality, yoga, meditation does help in calming your body and mind. Uh, for maybe forty, forty-five years, I took my body for granted, but now I have to take care. Meditation is helping immensely. And either it's divine or otherwise, but many a times, lot of ideas come post meditation. When your mind is calm, you are able to trot through the noise, trot through the clutter. In investment, apart from all the fundamentals, analysis, somewhere there is importance of gut feeling. Uh, you have to take a call, and a calm, a calm mind, and a strong body. Probably allows you to take better gut call. So I have followed the path of meditation and yoga. Shambhavi Kriya is fantastic. It really calms your mind. Uh, it also helps improve your immunity, and more importantly, it also helps me in uh, taking better decision. So this, in some sense, is my winding down. In some sense, it is my uh, way to rejuvenate myself and become better in what I'm doing. But at the end of the day, no matter how hectic things are, 
as long as you are taking this as your puja, as your ibadat, it doesn't matter. You don't really recognize the burden of carrying the weight. When I started managing money, my first fund had 35 crore in AUM. Today, it has reached to 185,000 crore. I have never realized the difference between managing 35 crore and managing 185 crore. The burden kept on growing, but you never recognized it because for you, what you did on day one and what you're doing today, it's the same thing. You have to maintain your investors' trust and add value to them. So what career advice would you give to your daughters? How old are they? Uh, you had tweeted in Jan 2019 about a talk of Muskan Nilesha. That's the only thing which I know. So do you want them also to become chartered accountants or do they have different career aspirations? So it is their career. If they need any guidance from me, me and my wife are always available, but they have to follow their passion. Uh, See, each one of us have certain ability, certain passion. If we follow our passion, we will probably do 120% output with 100% effort. If we follow something else which is not our passion, we will still deliver 80% output with 100% effort. My advice to my daughters will be follow your passion, do what you think is right for you. Because that's where you will be able to excel. My elder daughter has pursued the path of biology. She has graduated in biology. And right now she is aiming to become public health policy expert. My younger daughter wants to become doctor. She's studying medicine. She's preparing for medical exam in any, uh, the, you know, any, any FT or no. Neat, neat. Any the neat exam. NEET exam, NEET exam. Uh, it's their passion and I'm sure whatever path they follow, if they're following their passion, they will do well. But not commerce. So, uh, See, Guju and Marwari DNA will always have common inbuilt. Huh. And uh, they should follow their passion. They don't have to follow in the footsteps of their father or mother. My wife also is a doctorate from IIT Mumbai. Oh. Uh, she she is a professor in college and uh, undoubtedly she is far more knowledgeable than me and far more intelligent than me and I am happy that she didn't choose the path of investment otherwise I would have to find some other job. So my final question to you, what would uh, Mr. Nilesh Shah's advice right now be to Mr. Nilesh Shah at the age of 20 uh, considering all the experiences that you've gathered over the years? So this would be typically advice for the youngsters watching the show probably. I would have learned far more than what I have learned at the age of 20. I would have learned from others' mistake rather than making those mistakes to learn for myself. It's always important to learn from others' mistake rather than make a mistake and pay a price and